commence primary ignition. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to yet another X-Wing podcast. I'm your host, Pete Lambro, joined this week and every week by Chris Daniel. Chris, how you doing? I'm fantastic, man. I'm on fire. Call the fire department because I am in fuego. That's alarming um, and unsafe. Chris, I have to tell you, I'm excited for three reasons. You want to know the three reasons? Pete, why don't you tell me the three reasons? I'm saying right, reason down. number one. Reason number one, Worlds 2023 is in two weeks. In two weeks' time, you and I will not be together. But the day after, we we will see each other at the last chance qualifier getting ready to what for me to knock your ass out. Uh that's reason in number one. Final? Reason number two. Reason number two are our two, two reasons, two and three rather, are our two special guests this week. We have Brett Freeman and Andrew Lewinsky from Liberty Squadron. Brett, how you doing? I'm doing wonderful. I mean, not Enfuego wonderful, but pretty damn good. <laughs> and, and Andrew, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm just getting ready for Worlds. You know, two weeks is going to be here before we know it. It sure is. I, I was just thinking earlier today. I unless Chris and I get together and play a game, I have played my last in-person X-wing before Worlds. Ah, uh, we could change that. Yeah, well, that's that's what I say. Unless, right? Oh, yeah. I'm so hyped. Yeah. So, thank you guys both for joining us. We got fearsome foursome podcast this week. Very excited and very excited for this. We're gonna skip. Well, we got a little criticism for skipping the Star Wars question of the week, so I don't want to skip it. Maybe we'll do a mid a mid episode Star Wars question of the week. But I'm too excited yeah. about this stuff to we, get to to wait. We never said when we say the Star Wars question. So hey, you know, uh, that, that, the middle possibly. I'll be honest. I have definitely opened this podcast with like we start the podcast every week with the Star Wars. I know. <laughs> I've, said, I've said that. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, but recently posted, uh, just the other day, this got posted. We have the, I believe, the last document uh, for the world's tournament. This was posted on the fifth, so two days ago. This is the 2023 X-wing World Championship Rules Addendum, uh, and it clarifies at the beginning that this is just a document to help prepare people for how certain rulings will be enforced at the tournament. Right? They they're very clear. They're not official AMG rulings. These are not endorsed or or approved or you know oversaw in any way. They like this is just these are some potentially outstanding questions. This is how the judging team at Worlds has decided that they're going to rule on it. So if you are participating in that tournament and this question comes up, you know the answer in advance. So it shouldn't even be a surprise. Like you you have access to the answer. Uh, they do say that if between now and Worlds. AMG rules on something on like their rules forum, which is like the you know source of truth, then that will supersede. Like if an, an official AMG ruling comes out, done, forget it. Uh, so yeah, so I want to I want to jump through this document. Anything that stands out to you, but actually going to jump a little ways down the document, Chris, because I, sure. I told you to stop looking at it so I can explain this to you. Oh, I did, I did, and it's good to note that usually anything that you usually the law the laws hello Chris the rules that they go by in these tournaments, the big tournaments 
are usually the ones that we will go by in our little ones as well. Like that. So just keep that in mind, everyone. That's true. Yeah, that's very often the case. Um, all right, Chris. Now this is gonna we're gonna get some fucking nitty gritty stuff. Are you ready? Oh yeah. All right. First I'm gonna present the problem to you. And then you're gonna tell me. You're gonna tell me what you would think would happen, and then we're gonna find out what actually happens in the tournament. So okay. you are playing Scorch. Okay. Oh, no. oh yeah. And you are <laughs> That's <about> very relevant. <laughs> you're playing Scorch and you have a juicy range one shot on seventh sister. Oh yeah. It's on a re it's on it's sorry, it's on Captain Faroff carrying Seventh yeah. Sister crew. And Scorch says, I'm gonna roll an extra die. And he gains a stress token. But then Seventh Sister Crew says, I'm gonna replace that stress token with a tractor token. Mm-hmm. So then she moves Scorch. And no longer is Captain Faroff in arc. What happens? Oh, Lord. Wow. My God. Thank God I haven't run into that. I think it's, I think I'm, I think I unfortunately missed the shot. I moved. He's not in my arc anymore, right? So this document says, if I mean, I don't know. Like, like if someone asked me that, if that happened there after me, Texting you, texting Sam, asking Brett, and pleading. <laughs> yeah, just you to rapidly text people. Yeah, everyone asking what came and everyone you could think of imaginable, and then having no answer. I would, I would come up with the, with a judgment call on my end and say he is out of the arc. You know, or he, she, excuse me. But the person, the enemy is out of the arc, and you no longer attack. I don't know what they what they say in the document though. Holy smokes, this is horrible. Yep. Continue, sir. So- yeah, so their ruling is uh, if immediately before rolling the dice during step 2A of an attack, Scorch has arc on the defender, Scorch may perform the attack. Ooh. Now let's take a look at the timing window for Scorch. Scorch says, while you perform a primary attack, if you are not stressed, you may gain one stress token to roll one additional attack die. So... Oh, he's Brett already Andrew. attacking. Yeah. Brett and Andrew. Yes, sir. You're you're in the middle yeah. of your attack. You get tracked you're out of the way. You can still attack, right? I, I mean, the attack I does not get interrupted. Him, so, so I know the cheat codes, but yes. Yes, you can. Yeah. Yes, you can. Uh you can also Scorch can also, at that point, he can uh gain a stress to rotate. Yeah. Yep. And continue the attack. Uh, yeah, or yeah, or he just gets moved and he can still do the attack. That's crazy. It's crazy. So he, so he, so he gets moved, he and gets then moved. let's say he's let's say he's not physically in the arc. We are ruling that he can still attack with the same exact parameters. Well, <clears throat> now I'm oh, questioning oh. it because I actually don't know. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm looking at too. So I got the, the attack chart here, and it's kind of yeah. like it's uh, you do have to choose the defender first before you. Um, yes, you do. That is true. You have to before. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So then you, then you resolve the modify attack dice and then everything like that. Um, uh, I, I think this is really just a, uh, it might just be a Chris Allen. I don't want this to feels bad, man, like interaction. Like I get it. But I also know this is kind of, um, this is kind of also, 
the way other miniatures games do resolve that sometimes some things like this right. happen, but I also know in other miniatures games it is, you know, you can't attack. So uh, I, I think so, ultimately this is Christy Allen just being like, it, it's, it's shitty not to be able to attack. And then, uh, right. Well, so the, 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 the original sin here is uh, it's our favorite original sin. Everybody's favorite. The word wow. While you perform a primary attack is an ill-defined timing window because they, in the rule book, they're like, uh, while means just like when it makes the most sense. <laughs> so does Scorch decide to gain a stress to roll an extra die before he picks his target or does Scorch decide to, you know, is he, or is he doing it when he's measuring range or choosing his weapon or declaring the defender or paying costs? Or is it during the attack dice step? Is it like when he goes to roll attack dice? Because then it says the attacking player determines the number of attack dice to roll, right? So while you're determining it is when you would gain a stress and add an additional die, theoretically, right? And it's like, well, that's step 2A. You're already in that step, yeah. right? So it's yeah. saying if you're already in that step, then fuck it. You get to attack, right? doesn't matter. Uh, which, you know, there's no, like you've already select, you've already, uh, measured range and declared your target and declared the defender. Right. Uh, like that's it. Right. So yeah, one, no, once right. you pass that step, yeah, there, there, there is no recourse in the rules to interrupt an attack. Like there's nothing, there's no game system for it. So unless there is one, I agree with this ruling that it can't be interrupted. But again, the original sin here is, is using ill-defined timing windows and then trying to layer strict timing windows on top of it, right? Because they've gone back because... Yeah, go ahead, Chris. Well, so I guess they... <laughs> so I guess, let's say you tractor me away, right? And I'm physically no longer in your arc, but because of the ruling, I could still shoot you. We would technically have to, let's say, it's not uh, an obvious arc, right? An, an obvious range, excuse me. So now right, I'd right, have right. to put, put him back for example, and then measure my original position at arc to find out the range. Well, for example. so so uh, the rule, the rule, the rules for like following the strict attack uh, steps, you would have done that. Already. Oh, you got to see. I like, would have done that. Ah, yeah, got it. You, yeah, yeah. So it's like so that step one is you're saying I'm you know I'm going to attack Captain Faroff. It is range one. I have measured. Yeah. You know, it's it's not a, a special attack, so I don't have to have a target lock or whatever. Like I am, I am attacking him, and then you go to gather your dice. And while gathering dice, you like you pick up your three dice because you're range one. You say, "I'm going to take a fourth and gain a stress." Mm -hmm. Right. So you've done that, and then you get moved. You still continue with the attack because you're already past the stage of the rules where you've like done all that other stuff. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. But like, but again, yeah. So it's like you know uh, w when they wrote the book, right? This interaction didn't exist, right? No, uh, and, and there's so many that that exist. There's so many now, yeah. yeah. And, actually, and the rule... For, for yeah, the core rules have never, like, gotten an update that says, you know, like, like Scorch, similar to how... Uh, so Hera got Narada, Hera in the B-Wing and the A-Wing, that says, during a modify attack dice step is when she can do her thing, right? Right. Uh, to eliminate the ability to like prime munitions or whatever by just dumping a lock on someone. Because, you know, the original thought was like, oh, well, you know, Hera can pass a target lock to somebody when they're declaring target before they've had to choose a weapon, right? And it's like that, you know, so they could then choose the weapon 
because they, you know, found they they got transferred to lock, right? Um, anyway, I just thought that was a good ruling. There's a lot of interesting stuff in here. Uh, the the other big one is Iden works the way you think she works, right? We discussed that in the pre-show. Yeah. Um, another nice one. This is just a, a this is a good sportsmanship thing I've always done is uh, if you are playing X-Wings, first of all, don't play X-Wings. But if you're playing X-Wings um, and you have S-Foil tokens, you just have to talk to your opponent beforehand and say, you know, I'm going to use the token and not the card mm-hmm. as as the thing that, that determines if they're open or closed, right? We'll always refer to the token. And the opponent goes, yeah, sure, no problem, right? This, that, that conversation goes every single time because surely you'll forget to flip card or token and you won't always keep both exactly the same. Yeah. So this just says, pick one beforehand and that's it. And they, they do say here, uh, they recommend you put a note on your, uh, you know, in, on your play area mm-hmm. that just says, you know, see token, right? Yeah. Uh, and this this peppered throughout this entire document uh, and bolded and underlined at the beginning is the uh, the event organizer expects you to play in a sportsmanlike manner. Judges will be enforcing sportsmanship and will not tolerate unsporting conduct. Don't be a dick is basically the, the message here. Yeah. Andrew, are you planning on being a dick to everybody at Worlds? Discuss. <laughs> uh, it depends. Uh, Just I mean- Brett? Maybe yeah. not everyone. <laughs> if if I if I go up against Brett, it's it's definitely going to go on. But I mean, which always happens. Brett, no, whenever we travel more than two hundred miles to play X Wing, it's uh, <laughs> we we always get paired up. So that's too funny. Well, Jason RSG Jason and I got paired up at Gen Con halfway across the freaking country, and it wasn't even like a late round. Like we both, you know. Uh, like had poor records or whatever and got paired up. No, 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 no. It was like round one or two, which is like, fuck, okay. Me and Brett both went to Toronto to play in a system open in the very first round we get paired up. Oh my God. It was like, like, there was a lot of people there too. And it was just like, what are the odds? And at the, what was it? Worlds or the LCQ last time? Well, the LCQ at Worlds, we got paired up at like round four or three or four. Like, like a serious round. <laughs> I mean, it, it was the round that we were both going to get. One of us were getting into the cut. Like we still, like I think we were both like either two and zero or three and zero at that point. And uh, it, it was just like, all right, one of us is getting into the cut, and uh, the other one just has to fight another round. So, but it, it worked out that in that manner. But Andrew that was able to it. fight that other round, and that's what mattered. Yeah. <laughs> Good job, but Andrew. It, we're proud of you. It, it's. It's a matter of, uh, yeah, well, I'm almost positive we'll at least play each other once as Worlds. That's very funny. I, I, I actually, I like getting paired up with you guys. We, uh, most of us, Chris was too cool and busy for us, but most of us had a nice local tournament this weekend. And I, I got to play against Andrew in person. That was the first time he and I ever got to play together in person. Uh, I got to play against a friend of the podcast, Katoff, in person. First time for that, too. It was great. It was a lot of fun. I was um, very jealous looking at uh all you it was really really good turnout truly and what a great store the showcase comics in swathmore pa great great store i bought a new tri-fighter from them <laughs> and and i bought uh dial covers for scum and separatists shout um, out to, to dan for coming in first ariana oh yeah for dan mercer place. yeah the killer dan ariana for coming in second with the the best faction of course the first order best faction worst order and some guy named uh, Drew Ragnarok came in third with the mystery list. It's not on this uh, fortress, so I can't say what it is. <laughs> all right, we'll, we'll discuss Andrew's list later. 
we, we yeah it, it wasn't that I, I didn't even know we were supposed to i mean i have a very important busy life and i didn't know we were supposed to upload our list and then rob called me out on it i'm totally busting each other because you already told me like <laughs> twice <laughs> and i'm the guy by the way i'm the guy at every tournament that will ask meanwhile i forget and then joaquin has to tell me hey chris are you gonna unlock the list and i'm like oh crap meanwhile i could be at I could be at RSG. I could be at ECG. A lot of Gs there, right? And then I'm like, hey, guys, when are you going to unlock the list? And they're like, oh, shit. You know, meanwhile, I'm the one that has to, you know, I forget myself. So it's hilarious. Chris, I'd be remiss if I didn't point out to you that there's a lot of Gs in game store acronyms because of the word games. Look at that. Look at that. Nothing gets past you, man. Nothing. Nothing. Uh, Here's some other interesting stuff. Interesting tidbits. So when it comes to Dirge, Separatist Dirge, uh, if... If you, if Dirge has five hull, right? His hull value is five. If you shoot Dirge and you, you know, kill him and, and he's dying and he has six damage cards during an attack, all of those damage cards are part of the ability because after you are destroyed or when you would be destroyed, triggers happen after damage is dealt, right? That's normal. Yeah. That's standard. What's interesting though is if, if he dies by going over a rock, let's say, that that as soon as he hits five cards, he's considered destroyed. You flip the cards. And then after you've done the ability, then you continue dealing damage, right? So if you like yeet over a rock, take a damage, you flip the cards, and then if you only discard one and then you roll a hit, he's dead. That last card doesn't get to be part of that. Oh, crap. Yep. So he's dead on the first asteroid hit, for example, and then yeah, if he and then, and then he so rolls he, the he, dice. You know, so yep. he's hit. So first asteroid hit, uh, mm-hmm. he he's he seems dead. Then you do all the card stuff, and he might be still alive, right? Then, right. if he gets another hit from rolling dice, and if that kills him, then he's dead. Correct. Correct. Yeah. This wow. it's only for stuff that happens outside of an attack, like bombs or. Uh, yeah, specifically, yeah, but it's specifically bombs and uh, like obstacles that would do this to him. Nice. Um, so, like a, a prox mine could really have a chance of doing it, or if it was like two uh, thermal detonators, something like that. Right. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, I we talked like a little. The last one, the last one. Well, not one of them. But the one that says, "Can I remove charge tokens?" Yes. Yeah. Or you're required to flip them over when they become inactive. Yeah. This is actually a good yeah. one. Yeah, you're required to maintain... Go ahead. You want to read it? It doesn't look big, but I mean, to me, in my head, it is. Like, not big, but, you know, so it says, can I remove charge tokens, blah, blah, or am I required to flip them over when they become inactive? So it says you are required to maintain the game state, including inactive charges. Removing a charge token instead of flipping it to the corresponding active or inactive creates ambiguity for whether or not a charge is missing or dropped versus inactive. And I got to say, I play, yeah, it, it actually, it, it's not a huge deal, but I will say when I play someone who just takes it off, it actually, it throws me off. Cause then I'm thinking like, wait, uh, did he use it? Did he not use it? So I'm glad uh, that's included. Well, listen, I mean, I just, I played in person and I brought all cards. I didn't do infinite arenas printouts. I brought all cards and, and charges and stuff more than once a charge got like knocked and was like, oh, geez, where's my charge? And someone's like, oh, it's, it's on Savage instead of on proton bombs mm-hmm. right so yeah. but like you know that, that's a good call out um we did talk a lot last week about intentional draws here yeah, are lot. the rules well yeah we but here are the right? here's no you got to listen to this part chris this is important ready okay 
Intentional draws will be allowed. They will be addressed at the players' meeting before the last chance qualifier and the world uh, world championship. Before discussing or mentioning a draw, you must call a judge. Oh. After the judge is present, you can discuss or offer a draw to your opponent. You cannot discuss the benefits of an intentional draw with your opponent, and you cannot offer any benefit for them agreeing to a draw. Players are reminded to conduct themselves in a sportsmanlike manner. So I cannot say to you, hey, um, I think we should draw. Let's get a judge. I have to get the judge and then say, hey, I'd like to offer you a draw. Right. Mm. And then I can't tell you, you know, if you draw, you're going to be in the cut. Or if you draw, you're going to do this. I can't like spice it up for you. I just got to tell you, I want to draw and you got to decide. Right. Mm. And I can't be like, yo, I'll give you 50 fucking bucks if you draw me. Um, This will be one of your French girls. uh... It has to be in the <laughs> has to be in the beginning. I mean, um, you can't, but isn't this what like Discord chats are just going to do? Like, oh yeah, I mean, people are going to find a way around. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, yeah. I think they're saying that you can't discuss it openly on the floor, but everybody knows that if you're playing someone that you know. I mean, uh, me personally, I'd probably rather just play it out. Like, I, I would rather play out the game, and instead of chancing it, that it'd be a draw. But like, I feel like. Now it's Andrew, a problem. Yes. I I would like I would like to point out that your concern for people finding alternative methods to discuss it is covered here under the rules under the phrase as a reminder players are required to conduct themselves in a sportsmanlike manner. <laughs> don't be a dick. Guys. Don't be a dick. No, don't I, I, don't I, fucking don't break the rules. There's rules don't right. break them. <laughs> Uh, but but like I, I mean like I I get I get what he's trying to address and it's kind of like it's just uh, I th- I feel like uh, me personally we don't have to get into the whole inter- intentional draw talk because no. oh, and, and, I, I, and I we think the format that he is uh, doing with the ten rounds of Swiss it is um, I think intentional we probably won't see any intentional draws unless it's like two like eight or nine and O's playing each other right it, it only it only comes up when it's like eight no nine oh it's like you know eight. you're in that top eight no matter what and it's like no matter uh, what yeah right so but I, I mean I, I get what he's trying to do but I think at the same time it's a I think it's I think it's, it's good to have it on paper I think it's good to have yeah. it on paper uh and now actually is where we're going to uh going to break in with some breaking news listener email regarding intentional draws context that Andrew definitely knows, but Chris might not know. And I didn't know you ready buckled up. Great. Uh, this comes in from Tony friend of the show. Tony, thank you so much for the email. Um, so I, 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 the origin of final salvo, you guys are aware of this? Yes. Yeah. This is like right when I started playing. Okay, so there was a regional in Roanoke, Virginia, right? Uh, There was a tournament. They had a borderline amount of players. This is from the email. Borderline amount of players, according to tournament docs, that they could have done five or six rounds, but the event was advertised as six, so they said it would run as six. Uh, It should have been five, though, because after the fifth round, there was a really clean top eight at four, one, or better, right? Um so the four, those four tables, the top tables just drew and didn't play around six. So the only games going on couldn't make it in anyway. Uh, and they hadn't figured out faction prizes or anything yet. So the only people affected were the five or so players at three and two who won their game. So they maybe would have had a chance at a margin of victory tiebreaker. Uh, so 
if the it, that was they would have had a chance to get in over on margin of victory if the top four four and one players had actually played, but because they tied, they were they were just blocked out. Right, there was no way. Um, and he he did follow send a follow up email. He says I buried the lead so hard I forgot to include it because <laughs> he forgot to tell me this next part, which is actually very interesting. Uh, one of the other people who remembers this situation with probably better context than Tony is none other than Chris Allen himself, the world's you know event organizer, right? He was one of the three and two players that got boxed out, right? So uh, Tony's takeaway here is he goes, if anyone can make sure we don't have an extra feels bad situation for people not knowing about draws, you know, it's probably Chris. So I, and I kind of agree with that sentiment, right? That like these, a lot of these things do seem in, do seem to be a good faith effort to be on the up and up about stuff and to reduce like player disappointment. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so was it, thanks Tony for the email. I, that was a context I appreciated as someone who didn't play back then. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. Moving on through the document to get to my almost favorite part. Uh, dice rolling dice trays and dice towers are not required. Uh, but if you are using them, Unless you agree beforehand, if the die flings out of the tray or the tower, just re-roll it, right? Like if you're going to use a tray, roll it in the tray. Uh, a cocked die, uh, if it's not flat on one surface, before you re-roll it, though, both players should agree that it's cocked. Uh, if there's a disagreement, call the judge. Stacking or balancing dice is not used <laughs> as a method. Which that's a thing people have done, right? I, yeah, I've, I've seen yeah, people, I have do it. people do that against me. <laughs> Uh, other dice funny. that have to be re-rolled. Uh, if a die lands off the table or falls out of your hand, re-roll it. Um, oh, Brett, this one's for you. Point number four: Players are encouraged I, to maintain a play, area, <laughs> a play area clear of components not currently in use, and should make an effort to roll dice in a way that will not interfere with the game state. Brett, uh, players should uh, make an effort to ensure the results of the die uh, will be roll will be visible to both players. Do not pick up or remove dice results until they've been resolved to the satisfaction of both players. Uh, that put, I think Paul wrote this part of the document just for you, Brett. I, I think he probably did. I uh, uh, I don't do any of the dice shenanigans, but I don't maintain a uh, player no, you clear of components not in use. Mine um, mine is uh, usually mine. Uh, I I I it just takes me long to set up, but typically it's a neat area. Now it's messy. When I'm train when I'm changing tables or something, then it's horrific to look at. But uh, you know, until then, it's pretty good. What you need is uh, a nice uh, a nice new tournament tray from one Andrew Lewinsky in hot pink and black, oh, like mine is going to be. Hot pink and black. Hot pink. I'm so excited. Uh, if you roll too many dice, yeah, this is standard. If you, yeah, you gotta yeah, read, if, read, if, read it. If if a player rolls too many dice, the player must pick up all those dice and then roll the correct number of dice. Now, this is the part I find interesting that some people actually don't uh, realize and maybe they're newer or old school, whatever. But the second part of this is if the player rolls too few dice, the player must leave the roll intact and roll the required number of additional dice, adding the new results to the original roll. Because, for example, sometimes I've seen people pick up, they're like, oh, I rolled too little dice. And then they pick up their current results, which sometimes suck. <laughs> and they Right. Yes. Roll it's, a, it's, yeah. A, it's a technique. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, I rolled two little dice. You know, my name is Andrew. Oh, whoops. Whoopsie doopsie. <laughs> Bada bing. Uh, 
When you're instructed to re-roll any number, a number of dice, you have to choose all the re-rolls before re-rolling any. That makes sense. No, so let, me, uh, let me ask you guys something. So what if, because oh, I've run into this. I'm trying to, to, to get the, the exact scenario. But let's say, a, oh, okay, okay. So let's say a person, let's say you have like a mod, right? And a person rolls dice. Um, yeah. They roll the dice before you can mod one of theirs one of their dice, you know, like you're, you're supposed to like maybe take away a dice, for example. Um, what do you do in that instance? Do you re-roll everything? Ah, that's not the right scenario. I oh, so, it. okay. Yeah, I got, I got you think. So, so they declare an attack, right? And they don't give, and they, they're like, all right, I'm attacking Boba Fett. And they just roll three dice before I can say I'm going to cannon it, right? Wrong. Well, yes. Yeah, so that, that could be one. Example. Yeah. They like, they just like, they, they yeah, they kind of like railroad you. Um, the first time it happens, say something. Like say, hey, I, I want to use like you need to give me space to use my ability to, to declare my ability. And if they keep doing it, you got to call judge, right? Because that that is unsportsmanlike behavior. Like yeah, to not to not allow proper triggers and opportunities to declare effects like that is unsporting behavior. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I agree with that. Uh, there was a big problem in the Imperial Assault community where they would you would get rushed into like making decisions and people would Ooh. start rolling and like stuff like and it was it did become a big problem. So. Um, I, I've run into that problem sometimes with Canon to be like, oh, I was going to Canon that and it didn't, you know, go through. Um, but what if you were going to Canon, but they rolled all blanks anyway? Uh, I, I still think you. <laughs> you you got roll it back still. Yeah, it goes both ways. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. But if, if you yeah. say it, oh, I was going to Canon while they're rolling the dice. And if it's oh, all that, blanks, it doesn't matter yeah, what yeah, doesn't matter what's wrong. And because the, the reality is one roll is the same as another roll. Like from a dice rolling perspective, the, the percentages don't change, right? So even if they start rolling, you're like, no, 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 I want a candidate before anyone sees any results and they roll like all crits, they can't be mad about that because one roll is the same as another roll. Like roll, it's random, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I was. You don't use up, you don't use up good luck <laughs> in that way. You just, no, I, you I just know. Not, yeah. If you don't say anything until after they've rolled, are you just like, going to re- reevaluate that decision now yeah right yeah you pull it back i don't know yeah i but i the, the the reality is like i mean so when when i play everyone hears this and i i do wonder if i'm like annoying to other tournament players it's like i i like announce every phase like and i step through it right so it's like every i'm always i'm going system phase right and everyone's and, I, and i'm like and i i had an opponent um last saturday who was running uh, resistance? He was running resistance uh, X wings, and he had no systems phase triggers. Every fucking systems phase. I was like, systems phase. Do you have any triggers? He's like, still no. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, but I, I checked with him every time just in case, because <laughs> because my list has system phase triggers, right? And nothing sucks more. With then, like, it's like, okay, you know, he started activating his I two, and I'm like, wait, no, I want to decloak dirge. Right. And now I have more information than I should have. I'm like, slow down. Let me decloak. Right. Um, yeah. So, that, the, so giving space for your opponents to declare uh, abilities is is both players' responsibility. Right. Like, and it is, it's, it's, it comes back to sportsmanship. Right. Um, yeah. And if you're playing a scum player, give them a minute to cane in your shots before you roll your dice, is what I'm saying. And then complain about Kanan. And then, yeah, and then bitch and moan about Kane the entire time, and then and then bitch oh, and moan about Hera A Wing, 
Hera Awing, who had to be banned forever from our hearts and minds because she transferred a focus token to somebody. And then fucking Born for This is out here throwing tokens around like it's their job. And everyone's like, this is great. Pour, pour one out, everyone, for uh, Ed. Pour one out. Ahmed. I love Hera. Anyway, moving on. Uh, the last point on the dice rolling I love. Uh, purposeful manipulation of the dice in an attempt to roll them in a way that creates a specific desired outcome is considered unsporting contact. I think it's actually, uh, it's a little too light there. That's cheating. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> attempting to roll good, like, attempting to, like, do something. Like, it's like, I pick up my dice and I always have the blank facing up so that when I roll, hopefully the blank is less likely to come up. That's cheating. Don't fucking do that. What does it matter with you? Also, I don't think that works, but still. I would have oh, been practicing that. I think at one point, oh, I'm positive those, people have done that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd feel like, and maybe uh, and Andrew and, and Brett, because I think you played 1.0, obviously. I, I People were a lot, until they came out with the gentleman rule, some people were, not all, not everyone, of course, because the X Wing community is overall good, but I mean, there was some hardcore people that were. Uh, little yeah we'll try to rush or the secret you know, about 1.0 is they just gave us so many mods all the the dice were positive results anyway see yeah uh, everyone was your right. defender everyone. right but then you cheat in other ways you put like all the direct hits and blinded pilots on the bottom of your deck <laughs> speaking of <clears throat> speaking you know you know the shuffling can you guys hear it oh we hear it you know, we're shuffle. It's time, time for my new segment, Chris. New segment time. Will Dirge survive? I'm going to deal five damage cards, and I'll let you know if Dirge survives. Card number one, structural damage. Card number two, stunned pilot. Number three, damage engine. Number four, direct hit. Number five, console fire. Dirge lives with three damage. With two hull, right? All right, go ahead. Now that uh, two left, two left. Or after the proxy mine. Oh! Oh, got his ass. Smoke at him. All right, Chris, what were you going to say? I, uh, I interrupted I you for my new segment, Will Dirge Live? All right, let's play another round of Will Dirge Live. No, it's not. <laughs> I, I forgot. Maybe we should ask about how the showcase went. No, okay. we got one more section of this document, Chris. My we favorite don't need one. To read the whole I am. Document. We're not reading the whole document. We haven't read it word for word, but I'm signed up to play Aces High. Are you guys going to play Aces High? Oh, God. All right. Let's hear the about Aces, Hang on, Chris. Are you signed up to play Aces High at Worlds at Adepticon? No, that's Saturday. I'm going to the finals, man. I'm winning. First of all, it's on Sunday. I'm signed exactly. up on Sunday. Sunday. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be in the finals, the last match. Well, okay. Important to note, Adepticon will refund you if you have a conflicting event. Oh, is that true? Oh, that is true. Yes. If you if you if you sign up for like pods on Saturday and then make day two of Worlds, you can get a refund for that for the pods. I figured I'd just sign up on site. Um, yeah, so I'm playing Aces High, and the the very short, short, short description of what the Aces High section is uh, says, "Guys, relax." <laughs> it's it's really it's like, it's fucking Aces High. Take a deep breath because there's questions like, "Is Lone Wolf legal? Are Mando Commandos legal? Are Medium Bases legal?" The answer is, uh, as noted in the documents and Adepticon rules and resources, it's an extended event. 
but the standard game mode ban list is in effect. Players are required to bring one pilot with a cost up to six points to satisfy those requirements. There are no further limitations. Bring whatever you, you want. Go. It's a casual thing. Have a good time. And then the, and then it's like, well, what about, can bombs get first blood? Can you regen and then get first blood again? Can you auto damage? Can you this? Can you that? And they're like, scoring is done with the scenario rules on page 15 of the Epic Battles rules. Mm-hmm. It says, first hit. If you after you perform an attack, if the defender was at full health and now has suffered damage, the attacking player scores a victory point. Right? Like it's just it's just read the rules, yeah. read the fucking manual, guys, and and then it opens up with a paragraph about chilling out. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. Which uh, is the perfect the perfect attitude, in my opinion, for side events and ASSI and all that stuff is chill out. But right, yes, Chris, Commandless sounds annoying. What are you right? saying, like Brett? Eight of those things around. That's, oh, that's, man, that's, yeah, man, kind of annoying. <laughs> It sounds annoying, and and so is like stapling lone wolf. It's like kind of a boring choice. I'm not doing it. Do you want to hear my my aces high choice, Brett? You'll like it. Hell yes, I do. All right, I'm looking at bringing. To, now these are my state secrets. Don't tell anybody. All right, guys, get real quiet so we can just secret, secret, secret. Okay, right. I'm thinking about bringing. I'm thinking about painting and bringing an Anakin Eda Ada for aces high. Right. Because who cares if he dies? Because he just respawns. He's less of a liability, but like uh, Anakin with like foresight, extreme maneuvers, juke, and R seven A seven, or Anakin with malice, extreme maneuvers, marksmanship, and afterburners. Both six points. I think it's pretty cool. Nice. That that first one with the foresight, I think, is cool because if you get that bonus attack, maybe you score a little extra something something on somebody. And what's the limit? Is it six points? Is that it? It's yeah, a six a, a ship that costs six points. So, like you could bring Q nine right. if you wanted. Mm-hmm. Um. Or you bring Tarani. Delta 7 Anakin. <laughs> Delta 7 Anakin. Yeah, sure. All that stuff. Yeah, Sunfac would be lit. I don't own a, I don't own a Sunfac mobile, so I can't. Anyway, I, could bring, I, I uh, hope you guys. Wilo. Yeah, I hope you guys play Aces High with me because it'll be fun. We could do a foursome of Aces High. Here's a pop. Oh, actually, I, I have. Um, I have uh, two other friends coming to Adepticon who don't play a ton of X-Wing, but they like it. So I bet they would join us. We do six players. That'd be rad, too. Oh, nice. Yeah. Twice as Sounds fun. super fun, right? Uh, they're the guys who are staying with us, Andrew. <laughs> uh, I'm, I, I mean, I'm super excited to go to Adepticon in general. I'm just I mean, excited I, in general, yeah. I know. I, I, I'm. It's not X-Wing related, but Alex Davey, I've... I was able to sign up for some onslaught pods. So when I don't make the uh, Alex know, Davey, if you're listening, <laughs> Alex Davey, he's like an X-wing dude. So exactly. I mean, yeah, yeah. no, that's I'm rad. I, I I've heard great. You just bought onslaught too at uh, at Showcase Comics, Shit. Chris. That's that for a transition. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so we went to call a good transition. <laughs> Went to a very fun, very fun tournament this weekend at Showcase Comics in Swarthmore, PA, hosted by none other than friend of the podcast, Rob Neisler, uh, currently host of the uh, Liberty Squadron podcast, Redux, what are we calling it? Reborn? Remake? Remastered? Yeah, 2.5, Liberty Squadron. 2.5, 2.5, 2.5, Liberty Squadron 2.6, what? Uh <laughs> Yeah, so they're they're doing a podcast. It's uh, and shout outs to them and Rob. Wonderful event. I had a great time. Uh, we did four rounds. There were twenty something of us, right? Uh, and like we shouted twenty what? 
21. 21. Nice. And like we shouted out before, um, shout outs to Dan Mercer, uh, who I always tell my, my favorite Dan story to tell is that Dan and I played, uh, <laughs> we played X-Wing basically the day before the city shut down for uh, COVID. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, we'll see you guys in two weeks, right? We'll see each other in two weeks and we'll come back and play again. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to, you know, go, uh, you know, not stay with my roommate or whatever. Yeah, kind of wait this out. I said, yeah, it sounds good. So we're going to work from home for a couple weeks. And the next time I saw Dan was PAX 2021. Uh, so wow. it was, yeah, it was, so we saw each other in March 2020 and we had been seeing each other basically weekly playing X-Wing. And I was like, yeah, I'll see you in a couple weeks. And then a year and a half later, I saw him. Uh, yeah, we had 21 players. 21 players, yeah. I heard they call him No Mercy Mercer. <laughs> nope. Uh, Dan came first. Ariana from uh, Red Seal Gaming, uh, from their crew, she came second. And then our very own Andrew Lewinsky came third. Andrew. My God. Andrew, can you, tell us, can you tell us what list you were flying? Yeah. Uh, all right, I will tell you my list. So we started, we'll start with the I3s. We obviously went with Kanan Mall because that is scum right now. Uh, yeah. Then we went Manaru. We went to Gar Saxon Manaru. Uh, so he had that little nice little neat trick going on where he can spend red tokens to boost his dice up. Then we had Scum Dirge with. Wait, wait, what, wait, what else was on Manaru? Uh, so it was Gar Saxon. Cutthroat R5P8, the title, and uh, the over two modulators. Ah. Uh, then we went with Dirge with the protein cannon, uh, Fearless, and Contraband, which I was fairly happy with that loadout for him. And then the infamous Fenrail with uh, Fearless, Crackshot, and a shield upgrade. Shield so. crack shot, shield upgrade. Nice. And nice. what was on Dirge again? Yeah, I'm sorry. It. It, it was a Proton Cannon, Fearless, and Contraband. Fearless on Dirge. Yes. Wow. So, yeah, so man. I guess, like, yeah, I'm not kidding. Shit. And then I guess you were just trying to get up in there. With, uh, with, so, yeah, basically, dirt. I mean, it's kind of like Dirge. All right. So, I was running the Ion Cannon HLC uh, Dirge for a while, and, like, he just did not, like, the single mods, the focus, like it just, it, it was bothersome. He just was not pushing damage through, or like it, it just wasn't. So I was like, what passive mods can I get? So, like the Proton Cannon with the focus and the Fearless at range one. It's like, okay, sure, he's only throwing three dice at range one, but it's still like, you know, you're usually getting three results if you have Fearless and have mm. Focus at least. So it's kind of like he's pushing the damage through, and then, you know, he can get out of dodge if he needs to, and I love the dial on that thing. Um, so it, That's it, an interesting choice. I like it. Yeah. Um, and then the contraband for those K-turns or whatever he needs to do. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, he did. You, Go ahead, Chris. What, what, made you, what made you pick Cutthroat on Minaru? Because oh, I had two points left over, and I was like, you know what? Um, it would be cool if I get that. You know, if because okay, all of my games that I've played, and, and Pete, like, I, I haven't talked to, the, to you about this, but every single game that I played, every single person was kind of like, I don't know who to kill first. And it was like, some people were like, I'm going to kill Kanan first. Some people were like, I should kill Manaru first. And some people were like, I want to kill Fen first. 
Mm-hmm. So, and honestly, I, I don't know the right answer either. I mean, I, I would um, think that it's Manaru go, that you could Going into it, my plan was Manaru or Dirge. Uh, so, go, yeah, I, so Andrew and I played, which, one, first of all, wonderful time. And second of all, that cutthroat came into play, right? You regened yep. your overtuned, which was super useful because then you didn't have to, one, you could use it again, right? But importantly, you didn't have to worry about uh, getting strains every turn. Right. Right. You know, after you had burned it. Right. So it was actually really, really good. Um, it was like, I, I don't know. I don't know if you like observed that yourself throughout the course of the day, but like in our game, when you're like, oh, I'm going to use, you know, Cuthbert to regen over to. And I was like, ah, oh, it's really smart. Right. To have that on there. So I was like, it's a good idea. Um, but yeah. So in our game, I was flying uh, just to jump ahead a little bit. I, Brett did better than me, but we're going to jump to my list. I had Django CIS Dirge. Uh, Volan Das Tri-Fighter and then the uh, standard loadout Siege of Coruscant uh, Flak Arfok uh, Tri-Fighter, right? So I had all I-5s and 6, right? Anyway, uh, I I kind of uh, was coming up the, up the one side with the Tri-Fighters and coming in from the other side with Django and Dirge. And uh, I was like, well, I'm going to try and put some damage. Uh, I was trying to put some damage on Manaru, right? Like, let me get you know, something in on Manaru and then hopefully leverage the fact that I have better maneuverability uh, than, than Manaru to like keep the pressure on, right? That was like my only thinking. I was like, or, you know, if we get up in there and Dirge is, you know, uh, more susceptible, then I'll shoot Dirge, right? This just was my plan. But what ended up happening is uh, we ended up in a little bit of a tight situation. Fen bumped and bad luck took the self damage really right you yeah. it was a self bump took this took the damage and uh i had just uh like talent rolled volan das and done the volan das ability so he was still able to focus and then he was just able to blow fen up there right he was able to do i think i did four hits and you blanked out right uh so right. I, I think you took two shots total took two shots so it was I, something I like still, that, right? I, yeah because i still had the fear or the uh, concordia on fen um Oh, that's right. So uh, I think it took two shots, and it was, I mean, it it was that self bump because it was into my own ship. It was just like, ah, that was, that was, you know, a a mistake that I made. And um, I was super lucky in that game by getting that, you know, that end shot. Like I, I, like I said, I I wasn't happy with myself with that win just because, well, I shouldn't have won. But I I think. I, uh, you know, I, I, I don't like, I don't like doing that. And I said that to somebody, I said it to, to Brett actually later in the day. I don't like, uh, I did. I scolded you. I scolded you appropriately for this. If somebody beats me, I don't like to take away from their victory by like self-deprecating it all. Right. So like, Andrew, I really do think you, like you won that game much more than I lost that game. Right. Uh, because the thing I, the thing I didn't do and that you played around well was that I kept Django and Dirge were both carrying crates on the other side of the board and were out of the fight for way too long. I needed to get them in there faster, even if it meant the expense of like not having a crate on Dirge, let's say, so he could boost or whatever. I needed to get in there faster and harder with those ships to, to chip away more damage on folks like Manaru, right? And I just didn't do that. And you capitalized on that and the, our score was tied basically until the last shot of the game. Right. And that last like shot I, of the game, well, I mean, it was a, a little bit of a Hail Mary shot, right? Because it was two dice, unmodified, right? Two dice to against, a uh, evading tri-fighter. 
Evading tri fighter, yeah, and I, you know, eh, it is what it is, right? And right. I, I blank, I what did I roll? All eyeballs or something like that, and you rolled uh, two hits, and he only had one health left, so he died, right? But what are you gonna do? Uh, but you yeah. like, like, but, but your your actions kept the score tied up until that point, right? So it's not like you were slouching, right? You were right. keeping pace, right? Uh, and it, yeah, so it, you definitely won that game, and. Uh, and yeah, the self bump really sucks, right? Like the, the I think that was, that I'm, dying I'm beating sucks. myself up for the self bump, and, and that's probably what it comes down to. Is like if he didn't self bump, even if I had a focus, I probably could have uh, maybe survived another round or two with Ven. Um, but yeah, it it was a great game. I mean, and like I said, I don't want to say that I lost the game because I mean, you obviously like you you put up a, like hell of a fight and everything um, uh, with, with that self bump, but uh, I think. Uh, I learned a game. lot from it. Yeah, no, it, it literally came down oh, to that last time. Yeah. And if, if I, that was the thing is if I didn't make that Hail Mary play, there was no coming back. It was just I was not going to have any other shots for the rest of the game. And then uh, it was just a matter of till Django hunted something down because, like, we were tied. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. and Django just needed to kill something, and then that would have been the game. Now, now, how I saw you only lost one match. How, how did you get your butt kicked? Uh, um, so – Ariana played a really good game. Um, I misjudged something with Manaru and um, got a unfortunate. I played very, very aggressive. That was my first <laughs> on the table game since Nova. <laughs> um, so uh, it, it, she played a very, very good game. Uh, again, it was another very, very close game. Um, I got a damage engine on Fen, and like this is this is the like risk of flying Fen is like he can't take those crits, and that's kind of like. I was bouncing between Beskar reinforced plating and uh, shield upgrade, but the condition to getting off Beskar reinforced plating is uh, not yeah, always, don't don't like always that. have yeah. that front arc. As uh, mm-hmm. I actually read the card for once after I played part with it, yeah. um, but I, I think overall I'm set on that list for worlds, and I, I think it can perform. I think um, it's something different than Boba Kanan and uh, I think it, it handles objectives well. And I think as long as I can not mess up my fan play, I think it has a very good, um, <clears throat> and he's, he's got some of that, he's he, got some of that classic scum feel too, though, with all the cards on the table, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like oh, the mana rebuild is like very scummy. Right. And, and you and don't like, want to see Fen with at the end game. Lord, that's hard. right. And that's the big thing is like Fen is such a good end game piece um, with, a, with a lot of things. Like I, I feel like he can take going into it. Like I, I feel like the only thing he might be scared of is uh, Vader defender. And I, I don't know much that is well, afraid of Vader. Defender. I could, I could, uh, I could pass you over to uh, Kyle who plays CIS, but he was playing some scum and he, uh, he, he, <laughs> he's beat a lot of Vader defenders with, with some fendless. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's definitely possible. I, I think it's just, uh, if it's if Vader versus Fen, uh, Vader's probably winning. Um, yeah, but hopefully maybe you got him down a little bit. Yeah, know? no, no, no. I mean, I mean, uh, the way I'm going into worlds with this list is I'm anticipating if I see a Vader defender, I'm ignoring him playing the objectives unless it's chance engagement that it's like mm-hmm. I'm getting him to half and then playing the objective, like killing everything else. I gotta say, I've never thought of the fearless. And I know we talked about the fearless on dirge, but now it's soaking in more because if you're fearless, oh, Chris, we lost you. You went full robot. Yeah. 
Oh, really? Can you hear me now? Can yeah. you hear me now? Yeah, yeah. we can hear you oh. now. Let's okay. see it again. What you got? I was going to say I like the fearless on Dirge even more now because that means you're getting right in there. But that also means that means <laughs> your bullseye shenanigans is a, is a greater chance of that proccing. Oh Did yeah, that happen, did that happen a lot? When I remember it, uh, so here's the thing: like uh, uh, my opponents remembered Dead to Rights more than I did, and oh um, yeah, I forgot it every game. <laughs> so it was just like um, they're like, "Oh, I can't spend the tokens." I was like, "Why can't you spend the tokens?" And they're like, "Oh, because Dead to Rights." And I was like, "You're right." Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, no, especially with the proton cannon, it's, it's nice hitting that passive mod that you can be like, "Okay, I'm going to turn this uh, focus into a crit." And uh, it's he's a very good jousting piece at that point, and mm-hmm. it's like uh, you can save that focus for uh, defense. Where all the games that I feel like I really did very well with, um, I was able to mitigate a lot of damage. Like where, like so, Kanan's doing Kanan things. Uh, Dirge, I probably procked his ability at least once, if not twice, every single game. Uh, mm-hmm. Fen getting four dice at range one and Concordia face off. It's just, it, it, things don't die as easily. And I think that's why people have like a hard time comprehending to be like, I don't know what to kill first. And it's, it's really not even that easy, um, to like figure out. I, I and like I said, if you play me at worlds, I would say kill Manaru first, but she's going to be under the Canaan arc the entire time. Right. It's tough. Take a tip, everyone. If you see him kill Manaru. Oh, I mean, go. yeah, I'm saying that, but then I, you know, when they can't kill Manaru, I'm like, oh, sorry. Now, Brett, you are the Republic guy of the entire Northeast. I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, what, what, Chris, what are we doing? <laughs> this was quite a promotion for me. Approved <laughs> segment. <laughs> New segment, Brett's Northeast. Who all, um, his list isn't in there either for some weird reason. Yeah, so but, I um, uh, decided to troll chance, and when I copied my Yasby uh, text in there, I deleted the Yasby link to see if he'd go nice. and remake it to put it in <laughs> List Fortress, <laughs> and he did not. <laughs> that sucks. So you actually you went two and two, but you started out on fire. I did. Then you ran into uh, the wrecking machine, Dan who won the tournament in the third round and you lost, looks like a close game. Tell us about it. Tell us what you were flying. Tell us about uh, what Dan was flying. Like his super CIS list. Tell us what you were flying. If you're cool with that. Sure. Let's so hear I, it. yeah, I was flying um, Anakin seven B without maneuver and R seven, a seven um, CLT Obi-Wan with predator and shield upgrade CLT Adi with chopper predator and patience. And then Siege of Coruscant click uh, mm. to get that sneaky shield up. And now th- this is a list you've been on for a while. Like you've had a lot of reps of this list, right? Yes, I started it at PAX and I've been playing it basically since then because it's just right up my style. It's very, very fun. And, yeah, well, it's 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 very AC. And the trick of it truly is like uh, you're going to deny range one bonuses and some range three bonuses on almost every shot. Right. Correct. So, yeah, like, it's, it's I can't. I don't think I people, took a range one bonus attack all game or all tournament. Yeah, nice. like people are gonna get in. They're gonna get in your face like they like they want to do right, and they're gonna say, okay, you know, now I'm gonna get to get my big attack, double mounted, four dice. Let's go, and you're gonna say, nope, three dice, and then it's gonna yeah, take, wah, wah, wah. I'm gonna spend three dice into yeah. into Adi's 
three defense dice, right? So like, you know, the hope against a three agility ship is you get in there with that range one, you get more dice than they can roll. So then they can't dodge out of all of it. And then you can still dodge out all of it, which is very cool. Exactly. And yep. that round three, you're going against Dan. Dan was flying CIS. I don't know if we went over it, but it's Django Fett with Notorious. That's disgusting. Savage, Savage, excuse me, Seismic, Contraband, Cybernetics, False Transponder Codes, VTG, and then Dirge with Ion Cannon, Xanadu, not the album, Blood, and Proton Bombs, Grievous, the usual, and then Dibs, 404. Uh, so you saw that. What were you thinking? Do you remember the scenario? Like, what happened in that? Yeah, so we were playing um, Assault on the Satellite Array, so we just had to be close to the obstacles. Mm -hmm. Um, And the first thing I thought when I saw that is, okay, there's no way in hell I'm shooting Django because uh, I don't want that Notorious strain. Um, I just don't generally shoot things that have Notorious. I found Mm -hmm. that it's very bad for my ship's living if I do that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I knew I basically had to... uh, to try and do a lot of objective play and see if I could take out probably dirge and DBS grievous. I often try to ignore as well because he's just pretty uh, tanky, but he's also slow. Like if they ever get into a situation where they, um, where they have to do like the, uh, the reposition and focus to get stressed, Mm -hmm. then my ships can almost always just like outspeed him the rest of the game. Um, yeah, it's going to be really tough for him to ever catch up and get a decent shot. Um, so I, I, I wasn't really focused on Grievous um, and I went all in on Dirge. Um, I was able to take him out. Um, and even with the extra cards. Uh, oh, yeah. No, so actually, you know, he that, got that he, uh, well, no, so this was one where I, uh, I did exactly five damage and he had none that could repair. Oh, uh, I had one more shot I could have taken on him. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it probably would have gotten him after that. But yeah, we were both like. Oh my God, is it actually going to happen? Like the, the legitimate, just one time kill on dirge. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I just want to say Dan and I played one of the closest games of X-Wing. Uh, I think you could play. Um, neither one of us was making any mistakes at all until the, uh, until the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it, it was coming down to the last turn and I, uh, it, it ended with me essentially killing my own click with a, uh, a, poor dial choice with a loose stabilizer because i forgot how many hull uh click had and uh and dan was able for clarity brett uh click has two hull he has two hull it turns (laughs) out and not three like in my mind i was i was sure the entire time as was dan i i even was like all right so i take a damage for loose stabilizer he's like yep that that all tracks and then i was like wait i think he's dead like i i think that just happened um and then uh uh, so Dan was able to pull it off. I want to say it was 22 to 19. It might've been 21 to 19, but it was an extremely close game. He played very, very well. 22, 19. Yeah. 22, 19. So, um, oh, 22, 19, 22, oh, 23, 19. 19. Sorry. That's the monster sick number. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So it, it came down just to the, the last turn, but, uh, we both had very strong lists and uh, I imagine that was a game that That's, was kind of fun to watch for the people who were able to see it. Sounds like a well-flown game. You uh, up until the and last I give turn, you, yeah. When I yeah, when I, I give you <laughs> I give you credit for for going after Dirge immediately because in my mind, when I see Dirge mentally, and I think a lot of people do this, they go, "Oh, well, I'm not going to go after that guy. I'm not even going to kill him." Meanwhile, you were no, like, "I'm going to kill." Him. <laughs> yeah, there's there's no, like there's not really any good options, right? Like Grievous is very tough to kill. Django has notorious like there's no way I can take enough shots into him 
without mm-hmm. Notorious just killing my ships. Like they they will just get a uh, you know punished with that strain. And, yeah. Um, DBS, I'll be like I was not at all worried about DBS. Like I'm I'm not going to take that advanced proton torp with these ships. My ships repossession position too, very too very slick. well, and uh, outmaneuver Anakin is going to be able to eat up DBS as soon as he he looks at him. Um, so I just yeah. needed to wait for the opportunity there. But Dirge, you got to go out pretty quickly to have a, a good chance of taking him out. Mm-hmm. And what was what did you have outmaneuver and what was it? R seven A seven, so the crit ah, right, oh, which on nasty. you know again That's on a hyena disgusting. where they have no shields, it's just like yeah, let's 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 crit you up here. Mm-hmm. Disgusting. Oh, Except don't do that to Grievous. Do not no, crit Grievous. Do not do that to Grievous. Um, yeah, you may I be tempted to re-roll a crit into Grievous and see if I can push that into just a hit because. Nothing feels worse than when he just is like, "Now nah, I'm not taking that one." So what if instead of this direct hit, I just didn't? Yes, <laughs> two damage, zero damage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, zero. It's tough. And, and then a uh, Pete Pete comes out of uh, in person play retirement to come here, and you flew CIS as well. You said you had a lot of fun, hey, right? Hang on, what the hell does that mean? I'm <laughs> retired. <laughs> I played. You're going on playing semi regularly. In person retirement, in person games. No, I've been playing in person. Oh, all right. I haven't seen you in forever. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I played CIS as well. I think I'm settled on my list for worlds. The trials and tribulation of my list anxiety have come to well, I would say an end, but not really. I uh, I think I'm going to fly uh, a list very heavily influenced by uh, Liam Baker's performance at the Sith Taker Open, mm-hmm. where he flew Django, Dirge, and two Tri-Fighters. Uh, I am flying a little bit of a different loadout on some of the stuff here. So uh, on uh, Dirge, I have switched from the HLC Ion combo that has proven pretty popular and effective for folks to, I'm doing, you know, he has the title in CIS for free. But I have Proton Cannons, the title, uh, Treacherous Upgrade, and uh, Proton Bombs, right? So Dirge dropping some bombs, which is sneaky good because people don't always see it coming. Uh, And then Django, I have Proton Bombs in there, Treacherous, Savage Opress for the Force, uh, Slave One title, a Blade of Plating, which I got from one of my Kyber opponents, which I thought was a really good because kind of Django doesn't care if he gets blocked into his own bomb or he can just yeet himself over a rock and not care. It's great. Um, I probably got other stuff on there that I can't remember. Uh, and then we have Volandas in the Tri-Fighter. It's been modified for organic, so he's got those blue three banks. Uh, on him, I have a shield upgrade. I have a marksmanship, and I have something FTC. else that I forgot. FTC. Well, FTC. Charles Trespondi's. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, lastly, I have the uh, Flak Arfak uh, droid tri-fighter who uh, he's a standard loadout guy. He's got afterburners. He's got evasion sequence seven, which is just a regambit. <laughs> uh, and at the start of engagement, if he has someone in their bullseye, in his bullseye, he gets a calculate token, which is cool because uh, he's I-5. So lining up that bullseye is not trivial, but it is much easier for him. So if he mm-hmm. rolls into red evade, and has a bullseye, he'll have calculate and evade, which is like super strong. Um, but yeah, it's also a good, I like it. I like it for a lot of reasons. One, I think the tri- fighter is a really cool model. So that's very appealing to me to fly. Uh, yeah. But also, and importantly, um, the 
uh, what was I going to say? Uh, the point spread on this list is a little different, right? So the the Dan one with and another popular, you know, CIS archetype is Django, Dirge, uh, Grievous, and DBS 404, right? And that is a little bit of a like, lopsided point spread. Like DBS is a pretty easy three points for people to pick up. Uh, for me, uh, having Django at eight points and then every other ship at four points is like a, a just I like that more even spread rather than we'll spread uh, out, you know, yeah. it's just it's just harder to give up a huge chunk of points. And I will say I very proudly I didn't lose Django any during any uh, games. Nice. Um, you know, then a game like against Andrew, he didn't really go after him. Right. Uh, but my first round against Katoff, Django got down to three hull, but I uh, he didn't die. Right. Like and that was in part due to like decision making I did and the way I positioned him. And I was like really happy with that. And that, uh, was, close and then, that was a close. Match that was that, that right? came down. Yeah. That came down to a last, a couple last decisions too. Um, <laughs> the closest call I've ever seen. Uh, Katoff nearly flew Poe off the dang board, uh, but he did not. He did not. He oh. expertly got right up to the edge of the, right up to the edge of the mat. And I said, Katoff, that's dangerous stuff. Like if this had been uh, one of those mats that's like a little bit of the wrong size, you would have been dead. And he was like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but he, yeah. So um, yeah, so very last round, Volandas, who'd been running around on one hull, basically fleeing and just holding his points, was rolling up on, on Poe, who had a hull breach. So Katoff had to decide. He's like, I'm in the lead right now. Poe had, I think, four health left, three or four health left, right? And he's like, I have to repair the hull breach instead of rotating his arc. So he didn't get a shot on Volandas, but he guaranteed that he wasn't going to take three crits and potentially crit chain into dying, right? Mm. Uh, which I thought was the smarter play. And he did that, and he won. And then, uh, yeah, Django ended up <laughs> sorry to, to repair the hull breach. I, I think it was yeah. the right choice because like we, we were doing a lot of like talking out our reasoning for stuff, which was nice. Uh, and his reasoning made sense to me when he was like, he's like, I'm going to repair the whole bridge because he was ahead. Right. So there was no like unless I naturally rolled three crits that ended up in the crit chain, like there was no way I was going to kill Poe. Right. Versus with the whole breach, there's like a, you know, a decent chance in three cards you get one direct hit. Right. Or one fuel leak, right? Across three crits. Like, so it was actually pretty, I think a pretty smart choice. Because uh, he didn't need to kill Volan. He just needed to not die, right? Like, that was Poe's priority at the point. And then um, Django had like a last shot on a couple of his ships, but, you know, Finn, Finn is an unstoppable monster. And, uh, and BB-8 had kind of like fled the scene at this point. And so it was like, it was against Zay and, uh, and Finn. And just they both, they both lived. On only a couple health left, but they lived, and that's the important part. They lived, and they and he won, and it was a close game. It was a fun game too. Had a really good time. Nice. Uh, I had a good time with all my opponents, except Andrew, who was a jerk. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah. He's done. Yeah. <laughs> so once again, thank you, friend of the podcast, Rob Neisler, for hosting that wonderful tournament. It was well worth driving three hours each way for me to go down to Philly and back in a day. Ooh, I was exhausted. Uh, and then the next day I took my kids snow tubing, which was also exhausting when I was nice. already tired. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that, that about wraps up our tournament talk that wraps up our pre worlds talk two weeks to worlds guys. Can you believe it? It's a wrap. 
I guys, we're next week. We're going to have our, our final hurrah, our final pre world extravaganza. Very excited for that. Hopefully Sam will be back to join us. Let's, let's finish this episode off though with the star Wars question of the week. There we go. Keep it the tradition, baby. And here's the question of the week. One we banked from a couple weeks ago. What is your favorite special effects sequence in Star Wars? Oof. Good. Wow. Do you have one? Juicy one. Ugh. Who's going? I mean, I asked you. Did anyone have one? You got one? When you go to hyperspace. I love going to hyperspace. In which scene, though? Which specific hyperspace jump is your favorite? I don't have a favorite. I just love it. I love driving in the snow because of it. And when I went to Disney and I got to pull down the the lever on the Millennium Falcon and jump to hyperspace, it was Mm -hmm. the greatest moment ever. So I don't have a favorite of all those. It's just in general. How do you feel about the scenes where you see the Falcon mid hyperspace, where there's that kind of like blue, glowy, watery look around them? I think it's... You know what I mean? I do. It is beautiful. Yeah. All right. Jump into hyperspace. That's a good choice. I saw that on uh, the last one did that a lot. I think with with Poe going through the, the yeah hyperspace the hyperspace jumping jump. yeah yeah that, that was a fun say, silly sequence. I will say to reflect on that, uh, Brett, my mother said that when she first saw like the first Star Wars in the, in the theater, and when that first hyperspace moment came out, the whole theater was blown away. They were like, "What the heck?" Oh, I imagine, happened? yeah. Yeah, so that's that's iconic. That is iconic. Well, I mean, come on. Th- think about everything that happened up at that point, right? Like, it was the 70s. Luke's parents, well, his parental figures were brutally murdered. Happens all the time <laughs> in the 70s. Han Solo just said, hey, jump into hyperspace ain't like dust and crops, boy. And everyone's like, well, we've all dusted crops. We know exactly what that's like. Very calming experience. And then they pulled the lever and they were like, whoa, we have never gone to hyperspace before. And we were just shocked. I got to say, so I, I don't, I, I, I don't want to, I'll say hyperspace is just, that's it. That's probably my, that could be everyone's answer. No one would argue. I'll say something sure. that was big for me outside of that was in The Last Jedi when Holdo did the, the, the hyperspace, I guess it is a hyperspace move. <laughs> oh, yeah, when yeah, yeah. When she, uh, yeah. Yeah, in the theater when, when it sliced those ships in half and it went silent. I was just like, whoa, yeah. this is a cool moment, man. Did you uh did you see uh-oh, those uh-oh, signs? You got yeah, go ahead. What? Did you see did you ever see the pictures of the signs in like theater doors where they were like at this oh, yes. timestamp in the yes. movie, <laughs> the sound cuts out. This is intentional. This is a directorial choice, right? Like, yeah. do not be alarmed. The sound's not broken, right? <laughs> that was cool. I heard I heard, uh, I heard they had to put that one? after like the first one. Uh, so it's the scene where uh I believe in the, the first one of the new uh, trilogy, when Kylo stops the la- like the blaster, the laser mid air, and it's just Ooh, sitting there like, yeah. oh yeah, and then like it, so you just see it kind of like yeah. pulsating, and then like and then he yeah. lets it go. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was really neat because it was like it was like a they showed like a three D effect of it, like that was kind of just like you like looked around it, and it was just I was like, that's neat. And I don't think anyone stopped a laser beam until that point, right? Like in Star Wars. Um, like mid, I don't know. Mid, yeah, I don't think so. Mid, I don't think so either. I'll say, you know what was disappointing? And don't forget yours, uh, Pete. You know what was no, disappointing? I, I'm okay. What was disappointing that I was so pumped for is when you saw 
the first trailer, right, uh, for The Force Awakens. And then Kylo is walking in, like, that snow area. You only see his back. And he pops out. Like, he jags. He does, like, that pump with the arm. The lightsaber comes out. And then, like, the two little whatever you call it on the side yeah, of the, the lightsaber. Cross guard, the cross guard. Yes, the cross guard comes out. Like, that yeah. was badass. Great trailer. J.J. Abrams knows how to do trailers. But that was not in the movie. That exact oh, really? Like, pop up. No, that wasn't. The exact shot? Yeah. Yeah, that exact shot wasn't. Interesting. I, I didn't realize. I guess I always assumed that was in the movie because I know what you're talking about. Like he, when he ignites it, he does it almost like he's like slamming the bottom of it on his leg to turn it on, kind of thing, right? Yeah. Ah. Like, like yeah, just it's very it's very impactful motion. Yeah, and it's from impactful. the from his back. Yeah, from, from his, his back. back. Yeah, I know, I know. I know the scene. I know the scene you're talking about. I'm, I just I for I, my brain inserted that into the movie. Uh, I see. I'm torn. Um, I really love. The from the special edition, there is oh. a, a scene. I know, I know, I know about this because they um, they talk about it in the like. Uh, I had the VHS that had the special features <laughs> on it, so it was like two mm-hmm. VHS tapes. One had the movie, the other had the special features. So I had the special features of VHS, and I watched it all the time because I was a stupid kid. But the um, the effect where the when they're flying when they're they're all like in formation leaving uh the Yavin base and they're heading to the Death Star, right? They they updated it and they CG'd so you could see in the cockpits the pilots like little heads moving around that you couldn't see in the original, right? Oh. And I I was always so fascinated with that as a kid, like seeing through like is it just it it, it like the scale of the X Wings became more apparent to see them in flight and to see the little guys inside. Um all of mine are from A New Hope because I also love the Death Star blowing up. I actually prefer the original Death Star blowing up versus like the like the explosion ring that they added in the, the special extra edition. Ring. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. I like the original better. And I also I love the Proton Torpedoes getting sucked into the exhaust port that like hard 90 degree turn they do. I think that's an incredibly beautiful effect. Yeah. Like the proton torpedoes themselves are gorgeous. And then like, they're just that glowing purple orange color. And then they get shooped into the exhaust port. Oh, wait, wait, we got breaking, breaking news and breaking news. Andrew breaking news. Andrew has just messaged me and he said his actual favorite scene with special effects, even though there aren't a lot, is when Anakin slaughters the little Padawans. Oh, Andrew. Damn. Uh, see, and on that murderous note, like children, it, like... I've heard Pete does like children. <laughs> Brett, out of context, that is a horrible thing to say on a podcast. <laughs> in in a what? not bad way. <laughs> yeah, good cover. Thanks, lawyer. Anyway, <laughs> oh, until next week, if I'm not arrested... Uh, this has been yet another X-Wing <laughs> podcast. Brett Freeman, thanks for joining us. Andrew Lewinsky, thanks for joining us. Chris Daniel, thank you as always for joining me. I have been your host, Pete Lambro, and we will see you next week. And we'll see you at World so soon. Bye. 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 Burr, 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 burr.